BJ Howes Meadowland. Mention SEN in store to receive 20% off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots. Only until Friday, Jan 28th. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Steve Allen and Michael Butner on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. Uh, welcome back, Buttes, uh, after the Christmas New Year break. And we're live from one of our great sponsors, BJ Howes. And first thing here on a Saturday morning, we're indoors. Uh, we just heard the promo for the Mac Boots. Uh, there to the left of me. Oof. And don't they look sensational? Steve-O, good to be back. Happy New Year and all those things uh, to you and our <laughs> listeners. But what about those Mac boots? How good are they? Steel oh. toe caps, slip resistant. Can you believe 150 degrees Celsius, heat resistant as well. Tell you what, that'll get you through summer. You know, I could see you in a pair of them. Um, wow. Yeah, the thing about it is, they'd probably, if I had them for three years, they'd still look like they were brand new. Because you know, I'm not big on the tools, mate. I don't get out there much. I want to find out a little bit more too, because I received a fantastic book for Christmas, Shoe Dog. About, right. About Phil Knight, who started Nike okay. back in the early 60s. And, uh, you know, so I'm fascinated by shoe technology. Mm. Uh, Nike, of course, came out of Japan. Onitsuka was the name of the uh, business that he aligned himself with, and they made the Tiger shoes. So I'd like to find out more about the Max, where they're coming from, and a little bit more about the technology. Well, I reckon there's plenty of technology. When you've got a boot that is 150, <laughs> resistance to 150 degrees Celsius, that's pretty damn good. You could launch that into the strategy. Exactly right. You're going to the, you can go to the center of the earth. <laughs> On the uh, space shuttle. Hey, uh, Buta, what's caught your eye over the Christmas New Year break? Well, clearly the cricket and the performance of the Aussies have been outstanding. Uh, Boxing Day test match. Then we had the unbelievable game or test match in Sydney where it went down to the wire. And I know there may have been some criticism of Pat Cummins and maybe they went too long in terms of the um, declaration, but I was more than okay with it. I, I don't have a problem with it. I think the fact that Kwaja got 100, um, which was only the third person or third Australian batsman to do so at the SCG. Yeah, and uh, a 100 in both innings. 100 in both innings. Um, they declared basically straight after he got to that mark, so you know it wasn't going to make too much of a difference. And I think he had to give Kwaja that opportunity. Uh, 400 runs was sort of the mark they were aiming for. For me, the key to that was when you declare going into the fourth innings, you need to ensure that you can't lose the match. And that's the key. And, you know, people can be critical of whether whether they had too many runs or whatever it may have been. They had to put themselves in a position where they couldn't lose the match. Yeah, there's a guy who's coming on in a few moments' time, and I think he would have been delighted with the performance of Ben Stokes and Johnny Bairstow. Mm. You know, they really showed some fight in Sydney. I've got to say, at the end of the Test match, it was hilarious whenever you see 10 men around a batsman. uh, You know, I just couldn't... I find that comedy capers, personally. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm looking at it going, oh... Could you imagine the pressure Jimmy Anderson and yeah. uh, Stuart Broad were under, like just trying to block that ball and every little half edge, nick, whatever it may be, every little turn that goes on from that pitch. Yeah. Wow, there was a lot of pressure. They did well. You know, Jimmy is the most not-out batsman in the history of cricket. <laughs> is that right? I'm not... That's good for his average, that's all I'll say, which yeah. isn't that great anyway. Hey, uh, let's welcome our first guest of the morning, the first guest of the new year, and I think it's got to be a standing ovation of course for it is. an absolute legend of the Central Coast Mariners Football Club, Nick Montgomery, head coach. Good morning, mate. Morning, guys. Happy New Year. Yes, same to you, mate, and uh, commiserations that this afternoon's match against the Jets, the F3 derby, called off 
late yesterday. Uh, tell us more. Newcastle, an outbreak in their camp, is that correct? Apparently, yeah. I mean, obviously, we, uh, we, we came out over a couple of weeks ourselves, postponed games, and yeah, we did a full week of preparation and unfortunately after we finished training yesterday we got a call from, from the club to say that the Jets had uh, postponed the game so a little disappointing, frustrating for everybody it would have been uh, amazing to get the fans back in the stadium today and, and, and obviously get a good a good result in before we go into the semi-final on Tuesday so yeah, it's, uh, yeah unfortunately it's these, these COVID times are, are hanging around and yeah, it's frustrating for everybody Nick, can you give us the timeline? Uh, so the Mariners have an outbreak in, in your camp, and I believe you contracted the virus yourself. Uh, tell us more about how that all unfolded. Yeah, so look, after we played Apia in, in the FFA Cup, uh, the next day we had a couple of PCR results that came back uh, positive. Um, so they, they went to isolate, and yeah, Christmas Day, we got in Christmas Day, and we did the we did the rat test and I think we had six or seven that came up positive. So, um, look, we pulled the pin on training, sent everybody home um, to isolate, and yeah, well, I think within 24 hours it had doubled again. And yeah, it was just yeah, it obviously went wild. I caught it myself uh, a couple of days uh, after Christmas, and, and yeah, it was I think, more than, more than 20 people, staff and players came down with a virus so we had to shut down for seven days and, and everybody got back into training and yeah we were really looking forward to, to today's game but yeah it wasn't to be. Monty it's a case of and I think about uh, football clubs, league clubs, uh, rugby league clubs, uh, soccer clubs and where it's at and how disjointed it has become the competitions because of this COVID outbreak and you know how quickly it spreads. Is it almost the case where you want everybody to get it, so it's done and dusted within like you know a, a seven or ten day period. Yeah, look, I think that's that's what everybody's. I mean, no, look, nobody wants to contract a virus or, or get sick. No. Um, but to be honest, I mean, look, it's you know my own experience from it was a little bit of a dry cough, a bit of a head cold for a couple of days, and, and then a little bit of fatigue. So. Look, if you know, um, if the more people get it, then once you have it, apparently you're obviously immune to it for a couple of months. Whether it's three to six months, uh, that seems to be changing. But yeah, I mean, once we got, once we had the isolation period, seven days, got back into training and, and sort of you know started to ramp up training a little bit. Um, yeah. Some some boys struggled more than others in terms of feeling, uh, you know, feeling a hundred percent. But yeah, I suppose, yeah, I suppose the more people get it, the, the, the sooner everyone's back in training and sort of immune to it for for a while. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a really tough situation, but it's going on around the world. You only have to look at the Premier League as how yep. many games have been postponed and, and they've got squads of 50 players compared to us who have a squad of 18 contracted players. So if it's, if it's tough for them, it's going to be tough for everybody. Hey, uh, speaking of the Premier League, have you been watching this morning? There's a game, Brighton-Hove-Albion versus Crystal Palace. Palace went 1-0 up, but have finished one all at full time. And, of course, tonight, Monty, top of the table clash. Man City up against uh, Chelsea. Can you believe 10 points the difference between the two sides at the top of the table? Yeah, look, it's a massive game for Chelsea. You know, they they know they need three points, and that's just to claw a little bit back on Man City. But, I mean, not Man City. Unbelievable team. Unbelievable, uh, uh, you know, in terms of resources, they've got the best players in the world and, yeah, it's going to be tough to catch them now. They're going to have to uh, slip up quite a lot for, for anyone to, to catch them. But, yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a good game and considering the, the game's been cancelled uh, today, I'll be looking forward to that one. Hey, uh, Butte and I spoke off the air just a few moments ago and we said, I believe the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs at the moment have got an A and a B team 
uh, in preparation for what might unfold during the rugby league season. And I believe they're training separately so that if anything goes pear-shaped, the competition can continue. Do you feel like we should have planned that way in the A-League? Because at the moment, we've just missed too many games. Yeah, look, it's been difficult. Um, but I don't know. Look, like I said, you know, I think the, the, the rugby teams here have more resources than, than, than we do. And obviously, like I said, the Premier League team's got squads of 50 contracted players. So I think when we've got 18, you know, and, and, and underneath that, we just got... We've got young kids. I think that'll probably you know, take the integrity of the competition. Um, so yeah, it's a difficult one. But look, no one wants to be missing games. Um, I think they had some some sort of rule. I think at the minute it was uh, five players, and you can ask for a postponement. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's a tough one, and I'm just hoping that we get through this little period and things die down, and then it's going to be an action-packed sort of um, you know last. Uh, the last couple of months of the season where there's plenty of games midweek and weekends and, and everyone can really enjoy it like they sort of did with the Premier League after the after the COVID. I guess that's one of the things that you've got to plan for, Monty, and something you can plan for is how you schedule your training uh, around what could be a very, very busy schedule in terms of games being played, um, how you manage all the players in terms of their workload, etc. Um, it's a little bit of a formula you've got to come up with with your team, your high-performance team. Yeah, he's obviously he's chopping and changing every day, Buttes, and, and, and look, the, probably the, the main thing is at the minute we've had a lot of boys that have been positive that have come back that, that probably feel like they're untouchable now, and then we've got a group of negative boys that have all been negative, and you know you just uh, you know they're doing they're doing rat tests every day, but you know the likelihood is at some point um, you know they will contract it and they'll be missing. So yeah, it's just it's really hard to manage because you can't really keep the boys separate. You know, obviously they have to shower together and. You know, we're trying as much as we can to, you know, to, 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 to be as safe as we can. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it really is impossible to, to, to not, you know, to not be together as a team. And yeah, and yeah, um, yeah it's just, yeah, it's really, really hard to, to navigate through. But I suppose it's, it's the same for everyone. So hopefully yeah. we can uh, we can get through this little this, this tough period. It dies down, and we can get back to to playing football. I, I guess there's other factors that come into this. Like you can do all you can within that environment. But once they step away from training, what interaction they have with the general public and how that all plays out, what their partners' interaction they have, that is what you can't control. And whilst you guys are doing it, and I'm sure every club's trying to manage that as best they can, there's all these external factors that are really hard to control. Uh, I'll tell you what is amazing too, uh, Nick can elaborate on this, uh, the rapid antigen tests... You know, I think the government has screwed up on this. We haven't been able to source any of these. Yeah. And yet the Mariners. Uh, tell us, Nick, who's responsible? You guys have got a plethora of rapid antigen tests. Yeah, well, look, I think we got onto it um, uh, before everybody else. So, you know, the club stocked up on them. And, and yeah, but look, they, are, <laughs> they do run out quickly. So we're hoping that things change. And no doubt there'll be a, you know, a big influx of of them tests sort of coming into the country now. But, yeah, I mean, the medical staff have, have been really good on that. We've documenting every day uh, the test results and whether it's PCR once, twice a week and the, and the rapid tests, you know, we've had to be uh, stringent with it. But exactly what Bu said then, once they go away from the training ground, they've got partners that work in, 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 in different um, environments and, and, you know, they get they contracted to come back to the classes of close contact because they're living with them. So, yeah, it's just it's, it's actually impossible to, to, to keep on track and, uh, and keep on top of it. But we're doing what we can and, and, you know, it's probably not good. But the fact we've had quite a lot that have had it now and, and are absolutely back, uh, back, back fine and, and ready to play, um, I suppose... That's a positive when we're looking at the next uh, the next couple of months.
Geez, I tell you, you expect some challenges in the first year as a head coach of a football club. But, I mean, what's been thrown at Nick Montgomery 100%. is it, you just could not script it. You did say to the media yesterday, Nick, that one of the silver linings is suddenly you've got all of these players that are now available because mm. they've overcome niggling injuries. So, really, you've got a full squad between here and the final series if we get that far. Yeah, for sure. I think you've always got to look at the positives and, and I definitely looked at the positives that we, we do have. The likes of Ron Tonic you know, on uh, back, Nikolai Muller's getting uh, fully fit now, Matty Simons on his way back and, and yeah, we've, you know, for us to have a small squad, if we are going to go into a period where there's going to be lots of games, you need you need players. So, you know, it's, for us, that's, that's a positive that I look at and, and for them boys, it's giving them a little bit more time to, to, to get up to speed and and yeah, look, it's you know in England you play three games a week, um, you know, that that's normal. But here, I think it's going to be you know if we can get it going and get all these games packed in uh, towards the end of the season, it'll be exciting. Hey, uh, Nick, uh, thanks so much for joining us, mate. Uh, such a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, best wishes to the Central Coast Mariners for the new year. And personally, I can't wait for all of these makeup games. We've got four at the moment. Congratulations as well on how you finished 2021 with a couple of massive wins over Sydney FC and also uh, Western Sydney Wanderers, respectively. And good luck Tuesday night. We haven't even mentioned the FFA Cup semi-final oh, coming yeah. up. Sydney FC. Yeah, look, we're really looking forward to that now. Obviously, yesterday we, we, we trained, we did the match day minus one and we got the phone call that the game's cancelled. So I told the boys, boots back on, let's get back out onto the uh, beautiful... Central Coast Stadium pitch and we did uh, we did a, a bit of a practice game um, so I've given them today off and we'll be in tomorrow and, and Monday preparing for, for Tuesday's game so yeah massive game first game of 2022 semi-final against Sydney FC so we're looking looking for hopefully a lot of fans to come down and, and support us in what, what's a massive game for the club and obviously a massive game for the boys to be playing in semi-final Hey Nick you actually played in some massive FA Cup matches yourself in the UK can you elaborate on that for us? Yeah, look, I love the FA Cup competition. Um, lost to Arsenal 1-0 in the semi-final at Old Trafford, which was, uh, you know, so close to getting to an FA Cup final, which is a, a dream that, m- that most people have uh, playing playing in England. And as well as League Cup semi-final, losing to Liverpool, uh, we beat them at home and then we lost uh, at Anfield to a few Michael Owen goals. So, yeah, plenty of... Plenty of good memories and, and yeah, looking forward to hopefully this, this will be the same final we can we can win and, and get to a, a major final, which would be fantastic for the club. Yeah, I cannot believe it. Butes has got his head buried in the phone. <laughs> Monty just said about walking down the tunnel at Old Trafford. He just mentioned about playing Liverpool at Anfield. And oh, you're, good. Too, you're too busy texting. No, no, it's, it's called research. <laughs> it's called research. I was just l- looking for it, seeing where it was, any images of that sort of stuff. And hey, Nick, uh, thanks so much again, mate. Uh, great to have you on the show, and we'll talk soon. Cheers, guys. Speak soon. Take care. Nick Montgomery joining us, head coach of the Central Coast Mariners. Hey, uh, just on the subject of COVID and, uh, you know, honesty in broadcasting. So uh, <laughs> I, caught the, uh, I caught the virus in Queensland. Can yeah. you believe that? The long-awaited trip across the border. And you went all the way up there to get it. Yeah, and uh, so came home early, isolated for about 11 days. And yep. uh, I guess, you know, hearing Monty talk about the virus, like for us, uh, the main thing was lethargy. Just yep. incredibly tired. I was the same. I, I got it just on New Year's, and I felt that the lag after the seven-day period, like I could feel myself still being lethargic, you know, a couple of days afterwards. And, you know, I feel like, uh, and to be honest with you, if it wasn't COVID as such, 
it wouldn't have stopped me from doing what I was doing normally. Yes. Right? That was okay. Um, I had sore throat and whatever else. But, yeah, the le- the lethargy afterwards was a, the, the tough bit. Uh, the one thing you did, and it's a Herculean effort, Buttes, is even through this you contracting COVID, you've continued to do the burpees challenge, and now you're out past 1,400 days. There's no way I could do 100 burpees with the virus. Oh, mate, it's just got me through. It's okay. It was only 10 minutes. That's all it was. No big deal. But it was, you know, again, I had to find a good reason to stop, and I haven't found one yet. So yeah. We'll hey, keep going. Uh, quick commercial break. We're back in a moment live from BJ House on this Saturday morning. Don't forget their super special. It's the Mac Leather Safety Boots. They've been slashed by 20%. That's if, ridiculous. If you mention our show. Mm. If Ridiculous. You, what sort of price are we looking at? Oh, uh, mate, I'll, I'll come back to I think the everyday price is 75 Now, I can't believe this. The SEN price is $60, but that's for one week only. Get in, because they are some good boots. And they're, what are they, resistant to 150 degrees, man? <laughs> yeah. You, you could be walking on the sun and you you'd should, still be okay. You should uh, put a pair of these on. Oh. I'd, I'd like to see you in the MAC boots. We but, might actually put it on socials or something, me dancing in them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Boot. Boot scooting. Yeah. There you go. Quick commercial break. We're back in a moment with Ethan Smith. This is the best story of the week. Oh, how good. Molly Picklin, local surfer, is now on the world tour. We'll tell you more in a few moments on SEN. BJ Howes, Meadowland. Mention SEN in store to receive 20% off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots. Only until Friday, Jan 28th. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. We're live from BJ House in Lizaro. Love being at BJ House. Ah, and, how good. You know, we've been doing this for a couple of decades with the old show on 2GO and nowadays with SEN. And uh, I just got a crash course in the flashback arrester. Now, this is for oxyacetylene. You're right. Out the back with uh, old Bobby, who's running the show here. And uh, I might get him to tell the story on the flashback arrester because... He's got to explain it to me again like I'm a four-year-old. But what he's doing is saving lives. Okay. Well, that can't be a bad thing. <laughs> can't be a bad thing. And I've got to tell you, Steve, we just had a photo. I don't know what you're talking about. Seriously. Absolute, yeah, yeah, absolutely no idea. Hence my blank stare as you look at me yeah. looking for something. I have got nothing. Hey, uh, by the way, the uh, text line 0477-736-736. And good morning to the bald badger. Oh who says, boys, I'm back on board in 2022, and the Velvet Fog, uh, that's me. Yes. Sounding fantastic. <laughs> As per usual. 0477 I, I think we've got another message there, and it's from uh, Bluey, <laughs> a.k.a. The Narc, who oh, says, love dude. the show, boys, and what a performance by the Trevor, uh, what's his name, Travis Head. Yesterday oh, in the cricket. Sensational. And we'll get to talk about that a little bit later on uh, with Gary Birkinshaw. But what a. They were in all sorts of Aussies, but he turned that around. And uh, Cameron Green, good job from him as well. Shamey got out straight after he made the century. Yeah. 101 off 113, 12 fours. And I heard someone say it was a little bit like uh, Captain Cranky, Alan Border. Mm. Uh, he was just swashbuckling, wasn't he? It was a good performance, a really good performance, and they needed it, yeah. really needed it. Buttes, uh, this is the best news of the week. Uh, came through yesterday, US time, on the World Surf League website. Molly Picklin from North Shelley Board Riders, a local girl through and through, 
is now on the world tour. There's a young lady from the US, a Californian, who pulled out, who withdrew from the world tour. It means that Molly, in a couple of weeks' time, will surf in round one of the world tour at Pipeline on Hawaii's North Shore. Ethan Smith joins us this morning. Good morning, mate. This is incredible news. Yeah, it's pretty wild, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, just to actually see uh, another Central Coaster qualify for the, uh, for the women's tour is uh, it's just a fantastic thing for Central Coast surfing and just surfing as a whole, just to have another Aussie there. Yeah, Ethan, uh, can you tell us more about the young lady from California and some of her reasons for dropping off the Dream Tour? Yeah, so Caitlin Simmers, it was funny because there was a rumour going swirling, um, uh, I guess, around late last year that this may actually happen. And, and I remember hearing it going, oh, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. And um, I didn't actually, uh, because nothing had really happened for, for, you know, close to a month or a month and a half. I just kind of thought it just went away and it wasn't going to happen. She was going to take a going to take a spot, but um, Caitlin's obviously decided just being that little bit too young. She'd like an extra couple of years to prepare, um, and has, uh, has I guess has foregone the uh, the opportunity to to make the world tour this year and and gone on there. And uh, I guess as a result, handed Molly the spot. And and you know over the years it, it hasn't been it's it, it has occurred, but it's been pretty um pretty rare to see it happen. But I mean most notably, I mean Taj Burrow. Um, turned down the opportunity to surf his first year on tour. I think it was in 97 or 98, uh, just because he, for the same reasons as Caitlin uh, has said, uh, just that little bit too young and, uh, and you know, decides to get that competitive experience. And, I mean, it definitely worked for Taj. So, you know, Caitlin might be thinking along the same lines. Yeah, and I, I was doing some research on this yesterday and I saw that Caitlin, I, I think she's born in 2005. So it means she's 16, 17 this year. It's incredibly young to be travelling all over the world, and I think she may have made the right decision, even though she's obviously a prodigy. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, 16 is a young, mm. you know, is pretty young to be jumping on a plane every uh, every couple of weeks and trying to tackle a new location and, and going up against some, um, you know, some pretty battle-hardened competitors. Uh, you know, in the likes of say people like you know Tyler and uh, and you know Carissa Moore and um, you know Steph, th- those girls aren't going to give her an inch. Um, so I mean, an extra year for a 16-year-old and you know waiting until she's that t- tad little bit older, I think is only just going to do wonders for Caitlin. And uh, I mean, it's worked well for Molly. So you know, that's uh, to be honest, that's what I'm most frothed up about. Yeah. Hey, uh, how was the reaction with North Shelley board riders? Was there some kind of COVID safe celebration? <laughs> Oh, not yesterday actually, but um, there is. Uh, I mean, it was a pretty good day for um, for North Shelley border riders yesterday. I mean, we have a bit of an internal uh, text message going around with members of the committee. So the first one came through that Molly had gone in, and there was you know a lot of the yelling and cheering and you know screaming over the form of text messages. And then the next one came through that there's a potential that we're going to be given a few free cartons of beer. So that's another one that we uh, jumped up and down for and started screaming for. And then the final one, which actually hasn't been announced yet, is that we are that we actually got got a wild card into the Australian Border Riders Battle Final, uh, which takes place in a couple of weeks in um in uh, in Newcastle. So we managed to get a one of uh, one of five wild cards into that. So um, it was a pretty good day yesterday for North Shelley Border Riders, considering we didn't run any events, but we had three little batches of really really amazing news. Yeah, I like it a, a scoop. So that is fantastic about the Border Riders battle. Also, can you confirm? I think Macy Callahan might have won the single fin contest at Burley this week. 
Yeah, she did. Yeah, on Sunday, she managed to take that out. Um, came across some pretty stiff competition in the form of Dimity Stoyle as well. But um, yeah, Macy's I mean, her style is pretty pretty well suited to us. Pretty well suited on a single fin. I mean, obviously, it's nothing like what she does when she uh, she rides a conventional sort of thruster, but. I mean, her style is so nice and drawn out and just, you know, you can really see those beautiful lines that get it really accentuated um, when she uh, when she put, put uh, when she grabs a single fin and uh, hits a nice uh, long right hand of Burley. Mate, the, uh, Ethan, just touching on Molly and what she's managed, managed to achieve here, she's joined a, a pretty big group of Central Coast surfers, uh, the likes of Adrian Bucken, Matt Wilkinson, Wade Carmichael, this coast, Glenn, Glenn Micro Hall, Glenn Micro Hall, the coach here, yeah, of course. Like this area right. here is batting well and truly overs when you look at it on the the grand scale. Oh, for sure. I think um, I think the Central Coast as a whole could really hold its own when it comes to um, you know, regions who are you know represented professional surfing. Um, you know, I think it could go almost toe to toe with pretty much any region um, worldwide um, as far as um. As far as you know, dominance on a world tour, a world tour qualification goes. So, yeah, maybe uh, if there ever is a uh, inter-regional tag team event, we might uh, we might actually get the chance to really just let it all hang out and uh, and go. I think it'd probably be us in the Northern Beaches who would probably be the top two front runners. And maybe uh, the Gulfies. Ross Clark Jones. Sorry, of course. Ross Clark Jones in the Central Coast Hall of Fame. Hey, uh, Ethan. Mm. Now that Molly's on the tour and. You know, she had that setback in Hawaii where she finished fourth in a semi-final and realised that she'd missed out by one place. Now that she's in, what do you think she can achieve? And what a baptism of fire coming up. Round one at Pipeline on Hawaii's North Shore. Yeah, well, I mean, I think if uh, anything that Molly has shown over the years is that, um, you know, real sort of strength and resilience um, to be able to just still just put that head on. Even when the, even when the uh, odds are maybe stacked against her a little bit, She'll come out off. She'll come out flaring, um, and uh, and that's really where she thrives is under pressure. Um, you know, you only had to see that in the Central Coast Pro this year when she was coming up against Macy Callaghan, who's a few years older than her. You know, obviously, um, you know, grown up sort of surfing together um, over the years, and um, yeah, I mean, she didn't let that pressure get to her, and if anything, it really uh, really spurred her on to uh, to try and take take down the older elder rivals. And she did it. Um, you know, it was pretty close, but she did it. And, um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, those sort of instances will continue to arise, you know, on a on comp-by-comp basis for, for Molly on the World Tour. And I can only see her thriving under it. Hey, uh, Ethan, sensational job this morning, mate. You are yep. on fire as our second guest of 2022. We're running late for the news, so we'll leave it there. But uh, best wishes, mate, for the new year. Thanks so much for having us on, guys. And, yeah, happy new year. I do want to touch on, thanks, Ethan, it was fantastic. I do want to touch on the fact that, you know, the, the Molly's following in the footsteps of also other female surfers, Amy Donahoe, uh, Rebecca Woods, and, of course, Macy, as you mentioned. Uh, and they sh- deserve to be mentioned because, you know, they've done an outstanding job in the past. And hey, Butes, uh, what's happened to you, mate? I know, I know you've had COVID, but it looks like you've gone through some kind of metamorphosis. Uh, I've never seen you research so much on the fly. 2022, mate, it's a new me. You, yeah. What about that photo we're going? We're going to put that online yeah. with me in the work boots. Hey, oh, uh, my goodness. We're off to the news here. We're back with a Winter Olympic silver medalist. Uh, one of our heroes, Matty Graham, is home for 24 hours, and then he'll fly to Finland to join the Australian moguls team. The countdown is on just 20 days until the Beijing Winter Olympics. Matt Graham next on SEN.
BJ Howes Meadowland. Mention SEN in store to receive 20% off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots. Only until Friday, Jan 28th. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're live from BJ Howes in Lizaro. A beautiful Saturday morning, although we're hearing maybe some thunderstorms later on today. It's why we've retreated indoors here at BJ's. And a few moments ago, we're going to put this on our social media channels. Buttes, you're rocking the Mac work boots. Yeah, they were great um, when it comes to work boots. Not that I've ever worn a pair of work boots, but if I was to wear a pair of work boots, they're the ones I'd be wearing, the Mac. Shane, who works here at BJ House, is looking at you, and I think he's just gobsmacked. This this is what you call a day's work. This is, you know what's funny, (laughs) is that you've never seen, the photo will show it, you've never seen a guy look more uncomfortable in a pair of work, work boots ever. And that is me, because they just don't suit me. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. But... I, I might put you in contact with Dean Perry. You could be one of the boot men, one of the dancers on stage. Oh, that'd be the go. That, that's where I could come into my own. Now, yeah. I want to go back to the thing Bobby was talking about before. What was the reference? Yeah, the flashback arrester. Good work. Okay. Yeah. Just testing It's it. got to do with oxyacetylene. And yeah. uh, <laughs> it, what it does is it saves lives. I think it's one of the only places on the Central Coast, or maybe around Australia for that matter, where we actually test the flashback arrester. Uh, it might work once. In the old days, it would come up the line and it could be life-threatening mm. for someone that's doing this kind of work. What type of work is that? <laughs> <laughs> Welding, of course. Welding, of course, of course. Come on. The flashback arrester. Yeah. I've learned something today. I've learned something. Yeah, you should go out there for a... Yeah. I mean, Bobby took me out there. Yeah. I mean, he's like he's Dr. Frankenstein out there. Yeah, I could imagine what he's got out there. Hey, you yeah. uh, time to rise as one. Oh, Standing ovation I will time. Stand for this guy. Uh, this young guy has come back to Australia after breaking his collarbone. We saw footage this week of Matt Graham training on the water ramps in Brisbane at the Sleeman Centre, this incredible venue. And it looks like Matty's about to make a miraculous comeback. Good morning, mate. Happy New Year. And how's the week been for you up in Brisbane? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it was good. It was uh, actually arrived home back on the Central Coast last night. Um, yeah, just had a short trip up there. I drove up with mum on Wednesday. And then I jumped and trained on Thursday and yesterday morning and then drove home. So short and sharp, but um, good for the confidence. Gee, I, I tell you, the footage looked amazing. We had some of it uh, courtesy of your mum who sent some footage. Uh, we, we played that on MBN TV last night. And at first it looked like a couple of basic jumps, but then you're into the double off axis 360, 1080. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, yeah, the first jump was a little bit nerve-wracking because up to this point, like, I haven't, haven't done a whole lot with my arm yet. It was still, um, you know, it was only about nine days ago. I was still in a sling and... Had actually had some, had some complications over the Christmas New Year period and had a big hematoma under the skin. So had that all drained, um, you know, towards the end of last year. And then I was basically on the couch for a week. Well, a week. And then um, yeah, all of a sudden in one week from going from being in a sling to being able to jump was pretty nerve-wracking. But once I got the first couple out of the way, it was, um, you know, it was more or less just getting straight back into it and trying to not overdo it, but get what I needed to get done out of the, uh, the whole camp up there. How much longer have you got before the Olympics, uh, Matty? And, and how do you think your preparation is, you know, I guess when you consider all things being considered in, in relation to this injury, are you comfortable with where you're at right now? Yeah, so it's um, three weeks today, actually, into the opening mm. ceremony, which is pretty exciting. And, um, yeah, I've 
you know, we compete on day one. So 22 days until I'll be, you know, stepping up in the in the uh, start gate to get going. So it's, it's a pretty quick turnaround. But, um, you know, I'm actually, I'm flying out tomorrow afternoon. So that's pretty exciting. I'll meet back up with the team in Finland and get on snow there for five or six days and then fly to China. So it's, um, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about the whole thing, actually. I'm obviously well rested and... It's uh, been a different sort of lead-up and preparation for me um, in comparison to my last two Olympic Games. But it's, um, you know, I've been pretty positive throughout the whole experience. I was, um, you know, kind of once I realised it was just a broken collarbone and they could just plate and screw it back together and then I'd be back in no time. It was, um, that gave me a lot of confidence moving forward and just knowing that, um, you know, more or less I'll be able to compete at 100% in, um, in February. So, it's, yeah, it's an exciting time, but... It's definitely a challenge. Um, you know, it's something I've kind of been looking forward to throughout this whole period is to be able to get back and just see what I can do. It's, um, obviously, I can use all my experience over the past, you know, 10 or 11 years on the World Cup Tour and my two mm. Olympic Games. So, it's um, yeah, it's different, but it's uh, exciting at the same time. Yeah, in some ways, I wonder if it means that the pressure is off you now in a lot of respects because you came into 2021 as number one in the world. You're an Olympic silver medalist. As you know, Matty, my son Corey is doing sports psychology at Newcastle University at the moment, and I believe in this circumstance you would have been speaking with sports psychologists on a regular basis uh, during your comeback? Yeah, it's definitely an important part of... um, it's It's an important part of sport, in general, but especially when you are injured like this, to make sure your mind's still staying sharp, um, you know, this whole period at home whilst I'm here in, you know, 30-degree sunny temperatures and the rest of my competitors are all overseas skiing and competing right now, it's um, definitely very important for me to kind of keep my mind sharp and focused on the task at hand. And um, it is interesting. I mean, I had a quite a long phone chat with uh, former aerial gold medal aerial skiing gold medalist Alyssa Campbell and um a little while ago she's our deputy chef de mission for these olympics and she's you know she's got an amazing couple of stories from her two olympic campaigns where she you know blew a knee out five months before winning yeah. a gold medal and then you know the other one the other olympics she broke both her ankles or something so it was um and she got a bronze there so it's she kind of you know put it in quite an interesting sort of an, an interesting sort of twist on it and basically like you know, whilst the rest of the world are traveling around, you know, competing and, you know, their their emotions are kind of like a yo-yo going up and down with preparing for events and stuff like that. Like, I've only got, you know, a couple of things to focus on throughout this whole period, and that's, you know, rest and recovery and then also just the Olympic Games. So I've kind of been able to attack this whole January or December and January period with quite a level sort of mind and focus and, um, you know, I'll tr- be trying to take that into these Olympics and use it as an advantage. Butes, uh, through your playing career, I believe you had something similar happen. Was that right, where you thought you were gone and then suddenly you're back in the first team? And can you imagine the confidence that Matty got from training in Brisbane? Like, the footage is amazing to watch, particularly when he went from basic jumps to doing what he would usually do on snow. Yeah, and I guess, Matty, the thing about it is, and you touched on it just then, it's that 10 years of experience that you've had at that top level that it's like riding a bike. Like, you know, you've got that initial apprehension, but once you get out there and and start, you know, doing what you do naturally, then it just kicks in, and and it's that experience you can't put a price on. Uh, Matty, I do want to touch on, mate, the pain level or tolerance at the moment. Is there pain when you go down? Because, you know, 
what you do on the moguls there, it's not a flat run or anything like that and the impact and all those things. It could be, um, I'd be interested to know where you're at in terms of your pain levels and whether that's all been managed and all uh, sort of feeling okay as you head into this uh, three-week period. Yeah, so it's um, the pain's actually really mellowed at the moment. It was um, it's still a bit of, like, I can, I can feel it a little bit and it's obviously not 100%. It um, doesn't mm-hmm. move as fast as it probably should. Um, but that's all coming back. And, I mean, the bone, by the, you know, I saw a surgeon at the end of last year and um, just before New Year's and he was basically, you know, he wasn't too positive about the whole thing. He was basically saying, you know, when you get there, you, the bone's not going to be healed um, uh, really. But, you know, it's, and he was sort of, I guess, telling me to kind of make sure I consider all options. But um, you know, I got a great medical team around me and, and you know, more or less, as long as I don't crash on it and break the bone again or the plate, then um, it should all hold and should be fine. So it's, I'm really fortunate um, that there was no sort of soft tissue damage. You know, if I blew my rotator cuff or something, it'd be a lot harder and, you know, I'd need to have a thing probably braced and strapped, but it's um, pretty secure the way it is and um, I'm sure it'll hold. It's just, that, yeah, about kind of any sort of pain or, I guess, um, any sort of discomfort. I just kind of pu- push it aside and focus on my skiing. Hey, Matty, uh, final question for you. Well, you've been watching Deer Valley. Now, this is a venue where you've excelled over the years. Uh, can you give us an update? Because... You sent me a text earlier this morning. Jakara came second, but who's the winner at Deer Valley in the Moguls? Yeah, so the the Deer Valley World Cup is kind of a you know it's kind of our main event each season, and it's one I've always loved to do. Unfortunately, I can't be there. But yeah, so they competed yesterday morning and literally finished you know, 15 minutes ago. And um, Jakara Anthony, one of our female skiers, she's doing really well. Um, she just stepped back up on the podium for the second day in a row. She got a third mm-hmm. yesterday and then second this morning. So. She's currently ranked third in the world, and, is, and she's skiing really well. Um, you know, going into these Olympics, she's going to have a lot, of, a lot of confidence. And then um, in the men's side, we had today Kuma Horishima from Japan came first, and Mikhail Kingsbury, the reigning Olympic gold medalist, came second wow. after winning yesterday's wow. event. So pretty tight at the top end, and it's um, in both genders. And it's yeah, it's an exciting time for the whole sport, and these Olympics should be really, really fun to watch. Yeah, Matty, uh, we're rising as yeah. one here at uh, BJ Howes on this Saturday morning. Uh, another standing ovation for you, mate. Best wishes. I know you're packing today and you fly out tomorrow. So all the best in the countdown to the Beijing Winter Olympics, which will be your third games. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Matt Graham joining us, uh, absolute superstar, one Certainly of the best is. athletes the Central Coast has ever had. And uh, we wish him well the Winter Olympic silver medalist, you know, win, lose or draw in Beijing. I just love the story. And, you know, if he can pull this off, then it deserves a Hollywood movie. Yeah. You're right, actually. You think about all the, you know, and he talked about uh, Camp Lynn and how she managed to come back. And this is its own little fairy tale. And this could be... And Do you know if it is a Hollywood movie? You know who gets a cameo role? The hot dog. No, no. Oh. You, you and I. Oh, you and I. Did. Oh, right. Uh, of course. We're pivotal in the story. Should we be commentating, like, 
We'd be part of the sideline commentating team. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I like it. Dumb and dumber. <laughs> yes, uh, we're off to a break. Uh, back in a few moments' time. Pleasure to be back on the air on this Saturday morning. Don't we love this show? Oh, how good is it? Live, it's good to be back, mate. Live from BJ House. Don't forget their super special today. It's the Mac Leather Safety Boots. Uh, we're going to put it on social media. Butes had them on earlier, and they are magnificent. Steel toe caps, slip resistant. You can walk on the sun. 150 degrees Celsius, <laughs> heat resistant. And they come in sizes 4 to 16. You get 20% off. If you mention SEN and you mention this show, uh, the everyday price is 75 You get these. $60. Can you believe it? Absolutely awesome. Can it's, you believe it? It's one week only, Buttes, till Friday the 21st. Saturdays on the coast on SEN. BJ Howes, Meadowland. Mention SEN in store to receive 20% off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots. Only until Friday, Jan 28th. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're live at BJ Howes on this Saturday morning. SEN, Steve Allen and former New South Wales and Australian Rugby League rep, a man who played almost 280 NRL games, Michael Butner. You're looking good, Butte. Thanks, Steve. I'm feeling good, mate. Feeling good. What does that tattoo say on your left arm? It says, thoughts become things. Thoughts become things. Yeah, I like so it. So you might as well uh, have positive thoughts, mate. Hey, hey Butes, uh, while I had the virus, I watched a lot of TV. Yes. And uh, I've got to say, the highlight is definitely Cam Smith. Can you believe there's two Queenslanders named Cam Smith? And this latest one, who's 28 years old, is probably, without doubt, more famous worldwide than the original. Well, you're probably right there. He's just snuck into the top 10 now of uh, the top 10 golfers in the world. And he's broken the PGA record. 34 under in Hawaii, the Tournament of Champions, defeating world number one, John Rahm. We'll talk about this during Mm. the second hour, but it is without doubt the performance of of the year year so far. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I also caught the college football. Now, I mentioned uh, earlier about a Hollywood movie. Georgia Bulldogs beat Alabama, the Crimson Tide, 33 to 18 in Indianapolis. The quarterback... This is a Hollywood movie in the waiting, Stetson Bennett. Mm-hmm. At the start of the year, at the start of 2021, he wasn't even on the team sheet. He was like the fourth-ranked quarterback wow. at Georgia. It's the first time in 41 years uh, since 1980 that they've won the title. Coach Kirby Smart wins with his alma mater. Uh, he hugged Vince Dooley, who was in the crowd, the 89-year-old, who was the last coach to lead the Bulldogs to the promised land. They finished 14-1, and and... Alabama coach Nick Saban, uh, you'd remember this guy. He was in the movie The Blind Side with right. Sandra Bullock. Yes, okay. Great movie. Now, Nick Saban, he's the GOAT, uh, but he's 25-2 and two against his former assistant coaches. So Kirby Smart worked with Nick Saban when they're at LSU, uh, Louisiana State. Yep. And finally, the apprentice gets over the master. Good performance. And that kid, the quarterback. Yeah, Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett. He was fourth ranked. Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't even on the team sheet. I'll tell you why. Because uh, JT, JT Daniels, who was at USC, uh, we saw him train when we were in California. Yep. He was the number one quarterback at Georgia at the start of the year. And Stetson fought his way through. Hey, it's a great story. We're mm. off to the news. We're back soon with a two-time Olympian, Riley Fitzsimmons. BJ Howes, Meadowland. Mention SEN in store to receive 20% off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots. Only until Friday, Jan 28th. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Steve Allen and Michael Butner on SEN Track. 
Yeah, welcome back. We're live from BJ Howes on this Saturday morning, our first show back for 2022. Hey, Butes, uh, talking about the Mac Trady boots. Yes. It's just occurred to me, you could be the Al Bundy, the Al Bundy of BJ Howes. So anyone that comes in, I think you could actually uh, check what size their foot is. You could give them like a little foot massage and then oh, sell them. I'm not sure I'm into the foot massage thing. Sell them the tradie boots at we, 20% off. I'm happy to sell them the boots and what have you, but I will not be given foot massages. No. Uh, Butch, you buried your head in the paper here, the, uh, the Telegraph. Yes. Uh, what, what are you seeing? Well, I noticed that uh, throughout the fourth Ashes test that Ricky Ponting was commentating from home, which I found very interesting, and it may change... Um, and you may have noticed on the on the coverage for the Big Bash and whatever else that you know they're not necessarily at the venue itself. Uh, they're doing it from a studio, so yeah. that could be a cost-saving thing further down the track. This was your normal form of research, wasn't it? Yes. Pick up the Telegraph first thing on a Saturday. Well, my normal uh, research was the uh, Fox Sports News. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Gave me everything I needed. But I don't have Fox anymore, so. Can't do that anymore. Hey, I mentioned about uh, Cam Smith, and I feel like that's uh, you know one of the great performances. In fact, a new PGA record. Don't forget Matt Jones, the another Aussie, was in third place, and I believe he went 61-61. He had two eagles on the back nine in the final oh. round. So the Sydney sider, absolutely amazing, 32-under. Previous record, by the way, I think was held by Ernie Els, and that goes way back. But we'll talk to Ricky Schmidt mm. is joining us in this second hour. Right now, though, we've got a two-time Olympian. And you know what that means, Butes? You've got to stand as one. We stand as one. And why are you still sitting? Come on, Butes. I'm up, mate. I'm up, I'm up. For Riley Fitzsimmons, not just a two-time Olympian, but a world surf ski paddling champion. Riley, good morning, mate, and happy new year. Morning, boys, and happy new year. Thanks for having me on the first one back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mate, you're on the show not just because you're a two-time Olympian, but you've been on fire in this summer of surf, including a couple of epic wins, one of them against your little mate, Lachlan Tame. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good to get one up on him. He's, um, you know, obviously been a childhood hero of, of mine for a, for a while. So, um, yeah, it's always good when you can get one over your, over your idol. And um, he's my, my boss at the moment on, while we're on the carpentry tool. So I, I think I had a, a pretty terrible week after that race. He, he had me on the shovel digging holes for the rest of the week. If, if you see the photo, uh, so they both hit the shore together and it's in the Hayden Kenny Memorial Classic. Uh, if you look at their stroke, their technique... It's absolute synchronicity. Yep. Two of the best paddlers we've ever produced. But you can see a little smile on their faces because they're about to have a sprint finish to the line. And uh, is it true that Lachlan Tame actually tried to dive over Superman style over the line <clears> to beat you? Yeah, that is, that is correct. They um, they gave him a, a disqualification, but he was, he was quickly <laughs> reinstated back in the race, I think. But um, yeah, who, who says there's not poetry in sport, hey? <laughs> and what about uh, your partner, Georgia Miller? So one of the greatest iron women we've ever seen, a lady who just uh, set new records last year at the Australian titles. Uh, how has she been going this summer? And I believe she's taking a little break. Can you tell us more? Yeah, she's um, she's had a cracking start to the year. She's um, she's won a few races and um, the Nutrigrain series has just kicked off this weekend. But yeah, unfortunately, we... Over the Christmas break, we um, we picked up a case of COVID, which was which is not that great. But um, we we had some mild symptoms, and um, we both didn't really think 
much of it sort of returning back to sport and what that might have on what effect that might have on our health and I think obviously we've we've probably for her she's probably come back to you know strenuous exercise too quick and her heart hasn't reacted that well and mm. she's been diagnosed with a, a mild case of pericarditis so she's got to take a bit of time off the next few days and on some anti-inflammatories and it was probably one of the hardest days yesterday for her watching the girls run around in the Nutrigrain and not being out out there and, and competing and doing what she loves so um, I'm sure she's she's planning on coming back for the, the second weekend where they'll have rounds um, I think they'll have rounds must be four, five, six um, and she, she's going to be one determined girl to go out there and show the show the world that she's still means business and she's still one of the top iron women out there hey riley i've got two questions for you first one is what is peritarditis that she's been diagnosed with the second is well it's more of a statement uh sharon and i we're blaming the uh pavilion at burley for uh us contracting covid uh, the pavilion great venue overlooking the water at burley heads but it was jam-packed like sardines when we were there and uh steve went down yeah, yeah. So, well, first of all, yeah, pericarditis is it's inflammation of the the um, the sac that your heart sits in in your chest. Mm. Um, so it's it's pretty much you get it from any viral infection if you're not giving the body enough rest and you come back and you're doing strenuous exercise and your heart rate's up too high, the heart just wants to have a break and it's telling the body to to chill out. So. That's all it is, really. So um, I, I don't think there's any sort of permanent damage there. So um, she's um, she's she'd be quite happy to get back into the racing. And yeah, as for the Burley Pavilion, it's it's quite a good spot there on the water. I hope you got down there and got to try um, some bug rolls down there. <laughs> yeah, oh mate, we love it there. We absolutely love it. But uh, yeah, I, I guess we all thought we were out of the woods with this. And you had to be double vaxxed to get in there. Mm. Um, you had to do the QR code and. But, uh, you know, it's just running rampant, isn't it? I mean, I heard Ray Hadley yesterday on Sydney Radio, and he said that before we went away for Christmas, we barely knew anyone who contracted COVID. Now, do we know anyone who hasn't, hasn't got it? Yeah. Hey, uh, Riley, yeah. uh, I, I noticed, mate, you raced at North Bondi, and what a fantastic event this was. Shaw and Partners, they've been great supporters of Surf Life Saving. I know their CEO is an absolute legend, and... Last week, what a cracking final. You've ended up finishing fourth. Pete Mitchell from Avoca in fifth place. I noticed Fletcher Armstrong down in tenth. But Noah Havard, the local boy, got the job done, followed by Jackson Collins. Yeah, it was a, it was a really awesome event. I mean, um, Surf Life Saving hasn't been on Bondi Beach for, for 10 years. And it was it was awesome that, um, you know, the, the guys like uh, Trent Goulding, who runs Summer Surf, and then the sponsors like Earl from Shore and Partners, They've really got behind the sport and, and put it on the forefront. Um, so ha- to have a, a world-class event down at Bondi Beach and have the crowd down there, it was a really great weekend. Um, lots of prize money up for grabs, so it just made it even more exciting. And, and yeah, I think, um, yeah, Noah got the win in the in the ski and it's his home beach, and I'm sure it would have been a magical moment for him. He's grown up as a Bondi boy, so um, no, all kudos to him. I think he's trying to get into the, the kayaking now, which is really exciting. He's... Um, Moved up to the Gold Coast now to do a bit of training and um, and join the kayaking squad up there. So I think he um, he has real real high um, expectations of, of putting his his hand up to the the Paris 2024 team. 
Yeah, it sounds exciting times, uh, Riley. What's uh, what's ahead for you, mate, over the next couple of months in terms of competing? Yeah, look, it, it's always um, pr- a pretty stressful thing going through an Olympic cycle. So, especially after the last one being a five-year cycle, it's a, it's a long time. So, for me this year, I've chosen to sort of take a bit of a rest and, and some time away from, from kayaking and get back to enjoying things like the surf ice sailing, the ski paddling. I really love that. It's where, you know, I was sort of born into the sport. Um, and then I've been given a, a few opportunities from um, my, my main sponsor, Shore and Partners. They've given me the opportunity to go over and do Molokai this year, um, which is a 52-kilometre surf ski paddle over in Hawaii. So um, it's a world championship over there. There's a lot of world-class paddlers, and it's something different. It's a bit of a bucket list sort of race for, for any um, kayaker or surf ski paddler. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting over there and, and challenging that. Yeah, that is massive news. Mm. And how do you feel like you go in those longer distance races and particularly in those giant ocean swells? They call it the Channel of Bones. It's some of the most treacherous water on the planet. And uh, what a race that would be. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, Look, I've always looked at the race and thought it it looks like great fun. But, um, yeah, uh, my fingers and toes and arms are all crossed that we've got pumping swell that we can chase some waves um for the whole 52k i think it's going to take well over three hours so um it's it's going to be lots of lots of pain but um i'm sure i'll have a a great time there looks like an enjoyable trip but um yeah i I think mixing the the long distance with chasing waves is something that has always intrigued me and um yeah i'm really looking forward to it hey uh just on uh the north bondi event how fantastic that Pete Mitchell has run fifth. I mean, I was talking to Buttes off the air about some underrated rugby league players, but is is Pete Mitchell the most underrated ski paddler maybe in the in the in the modern era of ski paddling in Australia? For sure, and I, I don't know what it is about about blokes having kids and then coming back and they've just got this you know dad strength all of a sudden. It's unbelievable. He had um he had a cracking season last year. He went out, went up to. um, up to Queensland to the Australian titles. He performed awesome up there. And I I think he's just riding off the back of the confidence offered. I don't know what it is, but he's he's absolutely flying at the moment. Uh, So Noah Havard, you say that he's going to go to kayaking. What does that mean in terms of team boats? Uh, And what are you aiming for? Are you still looking at the K2 or, or maybe the K4? Yeah, I th- I'm, I'm still probably looking at um, at both of those boats, at the K4 and the K2. Um, you know, it, it, it comes and goes with each Olympic cycle. You have guys that retire and new guys that come in. So um, after the after Tokyo, we, we lost three really important guys to the program. We, we lost Murray Stewart, who's an Olympic gold medalist, Lachlan Tame, who's an Olympic bronze medalist, and then Jordan Wood, who's been, um, you know, a, st- a real staple name in the sport for for many, many years. So um, it's really good to hear that new guys like Noah Herbard are coming through and they want to get involved in the kayaks. He's a big, strong lad. Um, and there's, you know, young guys like um, Jackson Collins, who, whose father, Denny Collins, raced in the Olympics and won bronze medals. So it's really good to see that we've got some young guys coming through and uh, I'm sure it's going to, you know, invigorate the, the training squad up there. Hey, final question for you, mate. The great Tony Clark joining us a little later in the show. Mm. Uh, scholarships are open for the Danica Clark Foundation in 2022. Uh, it's a program you came through proudly. In fact, you're one of the Danica Clark favourite sons. Uh, what are your thoughts about the foundation? 
Mate, it, it's an absolute awesome foundation. I think um, I think anyone who, who's been a part of the family there um, would say that, you know, coming up through those early stages in your sporting career, it's so hard to, you know, get a, foot, a foot, front foot forward and, and um, get a bit of help financially. And, you know, without their help early in my career, I wouldn't have been able to go over to those international competitions and, you know, put my name out there for those Olympic teams and, and stuff like that. So... It's a great family, um, and and the support they give you is is you know it's it's above and beyond. So I, I really can't recommend you know any sporting person on the Central Coast that wants to you know take themselves to the next level is to apply for those scholarships, and they'll uh, they'll provide the support there. They're an amazing family. Mm. Yeah, well beautiful, said, mate. Beautiful well stuff, said. mate. Uh, standing ovation live from BJ Howes. Uh, best wishes to you, also to your partner the great Georgia Miller, mm. and pass on our regards, too, to the little champion, uh, the great Aussie battler, Lockie Tame, and we'll talk soon. Will do, mate. Thanks heaps for that, guys. Riley Fitzsimmons joining us. Uh, it's our first show back for 2022. We're live from BJ Howes. We'll talk some golf in just a moment. A former winner on the Australian PGA, Ricky Schmidt. Ricky Schmidt. What a name. That's a great name. Uh, great player, too. Mm. Uh, runs the driving range at Vado Bay. He will join us right after this on Saturdays on the Coast. BJ Howe's Meadowland. Mention SEN in store to receive 20% off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots. Only until Friday, Jan 28th. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're live from BJ Howes in Lizaro, our first show back for the year, and absolutely loving it. Now, we mentioned earlier that uh, Cam Smith, what a performance. This is record-breaking stuff yep. in Hawaii, the tournament of champions defeating the world number one Spaniard John Rahm in Hawaii, in Maui, in fact, Buttes. Uh, he's the fourth Aussie to win the tournament at the plantation course. Final round, eight under to finish a mind-blowing 34-under. It all came down to the final hole as well. Ram had a, a long chance for birdie, but ended up paring the final hole. Matt Jones, wow. I mean, what a performance. I, I think he went 61-61 on the final two days, including two eagles on the back nine. And joining us now, the coach to the stars, mm. and he also runs the driving range at Bado Bay, Ricky Schmidt. Good morning, mate. Hey, Steve. How you going, mate? Yeah, well, uh, thanks so much for joining us on the show, and uh, we hope you're well at the start of the new year, mate. But um, what about this young Queenslander? Uh, Butes mentioned earlier we think he's now gone into the top 10, but this is unbelievable to finish at 34 under. Yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a fantastic start for, for uh, Cam. He, um, he's a quality player. Um, and saying that too, you know, Matty Jones, what can you say about that bloke shooting? 23 under on the weekend. That's that's just phenomenal. But you know, that's a dream start to the year, mate. Your, your year's set up for yourself now, and you, you know, you're right up there in the FedEx Cup now. And he's, uh, yeah, he's the world's his oyster, mate. To put it that way. I think I saw that he spent some time last year uh, making some alterations to his swing. Can you kind of enlighten us on what he may have done? Yeah, from from what I'd seen towards the end of the year, he just at the top of his swing, he was just getting a little across the line. So that sort of just started creating that bad shot for him. So I think he's just worked really hard with his coach, trying to get it a bit more on plane at top, at the top of his swing, which obviously, you know, they've done a great job on the off-season over Christmas and come back and he hit the ground running. So. 
Rick, the uh, the players obviously did hit the ground running because I think previously there'd only been a handful of players that had shot, you know, above thirty under. <laughs> thirty under. Thirty under, yeah. like, which is ridiculous. But well, Ricky might know the the record. Was it held by Ernie Els? Was it thirty one under? Yeah, it was. Thirty one, yeah. it was. Yeah. And so we had three or four players who, in the one uh, tournament, managed to uh, secure that. And I, I guess this tournament is renowned for high scores. Yeah, beauty. yeah, it is, mate. It's um, I think too what made it a little bit easier, and, and and not taking anything away from the players, because at the end of the day, you know what, you still got to you got to get it from A to B, and then you got to get yeah. it in the hole. So, but they they had a fair bit of rain, which softened it all up. Um, so you know what, they could sort of attack a lot of the a lot of the flags and not have to worry about you know going over backs and off the sides. Um, you know, and the course was just amazing. It's you know it's just set up every year and. I think they had, it's a par 73, if I remember. It's, it's you know, it's a six par five, and they're all attackable and reachable. So, you know, the scores are there. You just, you know, it's there for the taking nearly every year. And you know what? And I and I said it before. You you know, at the end of the day, you still got to get it in the hole. Um, yeah, they're amazing scores, mate. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Hey, Butes, can you do an impersonation of the uh, Americans uh, that get in the hole? Get in the hole. Come on. <laughs> mate, you're right, uh, Rick. No, 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 no. Mate, you're right when you talk about because there was plenty of eagles, which is, you know, in the main, if you're going for an eagle, you're generally hitting it from, you know, 200 metres plus or whatever it is. So, you know, these guys were really peppering the hole. Oh, exactly right, mate. You know, and it's, it's, it's yeah, it's... You know, I, I think what a lot of people don't realise is how hard these guys actually work on their short games. You know, yep. majority of people can get it from A to B, and I'm and I'm not trying to sound like uh, you know I'm on myself, but you know, even even a, a person who doesn't play a lot, you're going to get the. It's very hard to hit the ball backwards. Put it that way. So, but mm. if if you have a short, <laughs> a, a really good short game, um, you know, you have a good short game. You can save those rounds where you're playing kind of average and sneaking an around, but, you know, you're chipping a putt and all of a sudden that bad round turns into a semi-decent round. So those guys are just phenomenal with their wedge play and they get it on the green and everything they look at that nearly goes in and if it doesn't, it scares the hole. Yeah, and we can't forget too, there were two other Aussies, Cam Davis and Mark Leishman, who both finished equal 10th. Both of those guys yep. at 23 under. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if you're following this uh, this morning, mate, but um, the Sony Open in Honolulu, and Cam Smith at the moment tied for 84 at minus two. Jones, who ran third last week, he's uh, tied for 84th as well at minus two. So I yep. think the best the, of the... The leaders are at 15 under at the moment, which, again, <laughs> some seriously high scores. Yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of hard not to play well in Hawaii. They wouldn't. What a beautiful place. <laughs> yeah, true that. Um, true that. Um, yeah, but it's very hard to come off a win and try and keep that high going. Mm. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough that I won a few tournaments, and it's very hard to back up the following week. People think, you know what, you're in form, and you know you just ride, ride the wave. But you know, you hit that that peak, and, and then you've got to sort of hit that low. So it's yeah, it, it's. I, mean, I understand where they're coming from with that. So. I don't think they'd be too concerned. It's, you know, the years are the years are up and running, and, and they're you know, they're pretty much set their season up now, so they can just they can afford to have a bad week every now and then. So I'm sure they'll just enjoy, you know, enjoy the sun over the weekend and have a bit of a break and look forward to next week. Yeah. By the way, uh, out in front is Henley from the US, followed by Kucha. The best of the Aussies is Cam Davis, uh, who's at eight under. 
he shot a four under in the second round. Uh, Rick, what's it mean for Cameron Smith as he goes into the you know the major tournaments, etc.? You know, he's obviously stamped himself now as someone that uh, his opponents would be look, definitely looking over their, their shoulders. Oh, my hope. Um, you know, as I said, once you get a victory up, it sets you up, you know, pretty much obviously a, a young guy's dream would be to become, you know, get in the top 50 in the world. Once you're in the top 50, then you get all your major exemptions, um, uh, all your all your big events like the Bridgestones and all those sort of things. So, you know, once you win, that's your automatic start pretty much into everything. You, you, you know, you've got your exemption now for the next two or three years on the main tour. So... And not only that, you know, that, that tournament he won is, is a tournament winners only tournament, so it's a very small field. I think there was only twenty nine starters. Um, and the money they're playing for it's you know, it's ridiculous. For twenty nine players you're putting their playing for, you know, seven or eight or nine million dollars. So it's you know, it's it's a great way to start put it that way. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to have a, a few bob in the bank oh. account. I think Ricky might oh, like to talk to right. might like to talk to Cam Smith and uh, get some investment into the driving range at Bato Bay. So maybe make it uh, run at night time as well under floodlights. Oh, uh, now you're talking. In, improve the drainage because I think council have dropped the ball. There is is that correct, Ricky? Without throwing yeah. you under the bus. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I can't say too much about the council. They haven't been too bad. There's a there's a few things I'd like to do, but you know your hands are tied when you're obviously leasing a place. So it's you know you can't can't do too much without their permission. And obviously, if you do do something, then it you know they've got to they've got to give you the go ahead. So, but they've, yeah. they've been pretty good to me. So I've, hey, um, uh, you know. also, mate, you would see so many great local golfers come by the driving range. Who should we keep an eye out for yep. in 2022? Uh, well, mate, to be honest, Steve, I haven't really had time to scratch myself with this COVID. And we had the lockdowns and all that. It's been so busy because, you know, golf golf has just gone through the roof, um, you know, with lockdowns and that because it's pretty much been one of the only sports or, you know, mm. things that people can do and get outside and do some exercise and, and that sort of stuff. So most, you know, golf courses have been chock-a-block, so people sort of haven't been able to get on a golf course. So then the next best thing is, is to go to the range. And, it, and it's great to see so many new people coming to try golf out, you know, young and old. Um, a lot of people that were into golf now coming back to golf. Um, so, you know, golf's in a really good spot at the moment. It's, it's just, to me, and I think probably a lot of other golf fans, it's a bit disappointing we don't have an Australian Open this year again. Um, you know, I think if, you know, they can, they can somehow work tennis, tennis open on. Um, I'm pretty sure, you know, we've we've got enough talent and, and young people in Australia to uh, still put on a, a pretty good event. With, mm. with if you can't get, you know, the overseas players back, I'm sure it's, you know, it'd still still be a good spectacle to go and watch. That's a bit disappointing. But anyway, yeah. the PGA's on this week, so we can watch the young ones up there rip it apart. So. Yeah, Butte, uh, you've seen my golf swing and you know how impressive it is. Yeah. I, I don't play that often, but, uh, you know, I've got good rhythm, good flow, uh, toe to the sky. Uh, you know, that's all that's because exactly of Ricky right Schmidt. Oh. Ricky Schmidt and his prowess as a golf coach. Well, clearly it's been very effective. And if anybody out there needs to improve their golf game, they know where to go now because prior to Ricky, you getting uh, your hands on Steve, it was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, it was, you know, was I'd it, have to what, say that it was 
was the first lesson. Was, it, wasn't, it wasn't real impressive. But, no, but was, anyway, it Charles, was, was it Charles Barclay who has that horrible swing? Is he the one, Charles Barclay? Yeah. I think it reminded me of that, I've got to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, He's working hard at it. I have to admit it has improved a hell of a lot. So. Yeah. I think Ricky's I'll, I'll first words. Good work, his first words were, you're not very flexible, are you? <laughs> hey, uh, Ricky Schmidt, thanks for your time. We'll talk soon. No worries at all. Thanks, Steve. Uh, winner on the Australian PGA on numerous occasions. Great goal for himself, Ricky yeah. Schmidt, joining us. We're off to the news. Back in a few moments' time with Gary Birkinshaw. And also, the great Tony Clark will join us. Uh, Danica Clark's scholarships are open for 2022. But you better be quick. I think you've got around about, well, 15 days until the end of January. Uh, so make sure you jump on the Danica Clark website, fill out the form, and you could have a scholarship in 2022, just like Nicola McDermott has, Matt Graham has, Riley Fitzsimmons, and a plethora of other Central Coast athletes. This is Saturdays on the Coast. BJ Howes Meadowland. Mention SEN in store to receive 20% off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots. Only until Friday, Jan 28th. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're live from BJ Howes and uh, Buttes. Uh, we're right alongside the Mac Trady work boots. I, I know you love them. You had them on mm, earlier. Yeah. What would you say in, in terms of comfort and style? Uh, could you wear these on the catwalks in Milan? I have no doubt. No reason why you couldn't. Not that I could get away with it because I couldn't do the catwalks in Milan. But if there was a good-looking male model of some sort, then no doubt. The Mac boots where they... Poof. Do you know, do you know Buttes, uh, I saw your screensaver on your phone a yeah. few moments ago. And uh, I know Sharon might be listening at her workplace this morning. Mm. I actually like a pair of boots on, you know, that's someone special. And <laughs> like Cinderella, <laughs> be like Cinderella, putting the magic boot or this golden slipper. Uh, I, I'm prepared to maybe buy a pair of uh, you know size eights, mm. or maybe Sharon might be a seven. Be careful. Yeah, you don't want to and <laughs> slip a Mac Trady work boot onto that someone special. I like them. That's a good idea. It's a good idea. And last well. last time we were here, we bought a sander for Sharon. And she's transformed our furniture into something amazing. Well, I think it, it was dated old timber. Now it's got that kind of white beach look. And, uh, mate, it just looks absolutely incredible. I think for the amount of work that she has been doing, Sharon, at home, <laughs> I think a pair of the, the Mac boots would be right up there. That would be ideal. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like she could be out there on the tool. She could put up a new awning. A new patio, whatever it may be no, now. we've got that. Hey, well, you might need another one. Well, this, what what this, about a second story? This next guy about to join us, I reckon he could wear a pair of the Mac Trady work boots, leather safety boots, mm. maybe on the golf course because he plays every Saturday. Gary Birkinshaw, good morning, mate. Yeah, good morning, Steve. Good morning, Buttes, mate. Yeah, those Mac boots, mate, I reckon they'd be ideal, mate. You want to grab me a pair, mate? That, that'd be all right. And I'll, <laughs> I might try them out next Saturday. <laughs> hey, uh, Burko, give us an update on Central Coast cricket. Uh, where are we at at the start of the new year? Who's on top of the table in both the men's and the women's? Right, yeah. So in the, we've just gone back. We're in the start of the, the well, two, another two-day cricket, so around nine day two today. So Wyong's still leading the way. They were the pace setters early on from the one the one day period, but King Cumber Voker, they've been the big uh, the big movers since uh, uh, beginning of the year and the end of last year. But them alongside Northern Power and Warnervale, they make up the top four at the moment. So there's a bit of a change of the guard from what we were last year, but they're leading the way. But 
In the women's, it's uh, Lizro Arimba Black and Terrigal Matcham. They're, they're undefeated and they'll meet today at Terrigal Haven. What should be a great game? If you had to name the uh, top three or four players in both the men's and women's at the end of 2021, who would they be? Who's in the running for best and fairest in local cricket? Right. Well, Dylan Robertson is, is a reigning, um, reigning cricket of the year, so he's, he's obviously in the top four. Sean Eaton from Brisbane Water, the captain. He's come back from Sydney. He's, he's, he's been really good. He's transported Brisbane Water, so he's done a great job. But probably the big surprise in, um, for his, is a young bloke by the name of Lachlan Cork from Southern Spirit. He's leading our player of the year at the moment. And uh, he's a young mm. all-rounder. He's 20 years of age, and he's really come along in leaps and bounds. He's made into the rep side, so he's certainly leading the way, way there. And in the women, he's got some really good young girls coming through there, young ladies, Piper Hook, Alyssa Andrews. They're doing really well. They're both from, from Israel Rimba. So, so they're having really good years at the moment. So some, some good cricket coming through, and you know, it should lead into a, a good final series coming up. Uh, speaking of the women, a uh, great result. Were they runners-up in rep cricket recently? Yeah, they did really well. The under-19s played in the country championship and um, and they got absolutely hammered on day one and uh, and then won the next four games, was able to make it through to the final. They played a very strong ACT side, but they performed really well, just got beaten in the in the second last over. So they performed really, really well for a side. It was our best ever performance at those championships. So, so full credit to them uh, on, on the performance they, they did. <clears throat> hey, uh, Butes, uh, Butes is chomping at the bit to talk oh. about the Ashes, but... Uh, just on the men's cricket, is this uh, unprecedented uh, Narara 9th, Lizaro 10th? We wouldn't have seen that. I mean, these are two powerhouse clubs. Uh, what's the update, Perko? Yeah, mate, uh, Lizaro, my son plays for Lizaro, so um, that, they're just going through a real transition period at the moment. They've got a uh, lots and lots of players from last year. They've just got a young side, so probably should be doing better than what they are, but uh, oops, sorry, probably doing better than what they are and... Um, but, um, but, yeah, so, and Narara, um, just a bit, um, yeah, just a bit inconsistent, Narara. They, um, they, they, they've sort of, their form's been mixed pretty pretty much, so, but certainly don't see them at the bottom of the table too often. But, guys, it's been a uh, couple of test matches since we last spoke. Um, Boxing Day test and, of course, the uh, test match at the SCG. Um, some great performances there, Uh Probably none better than Scotty Boland, I would I dare say, with his bowling performance. Just absolutely phenomenal what he did down in Melbourne. Six for seven. Yeah, that is an amazing performance, amazing turnaround. And for a player who sort of, who comes from, you know, you'd have to say come from nowhere effectively, 32 years mm. of age and just an honest trumper, comes and gets his opportunity and, um, you know, his performance was, was unbelievable. Not only in Melbourne, but then he also backed it up in Sydney, so... Yeah. I'm just going to show you, if you've got the opportunity and you're ready to go, you know, good things can happen. Yeah, that could be a Hollywood movie. Yeah, oh, mate, it was a phenomenal performance. And, you know, that test match at the SCG, uh, Gaz, was just amazing, riveting uh, to think. And, you know, when you can talk about test matches, whether they're, you know, gone by the wayside and whatever else. But when you get a game like that, you realise how... You know, the tension, the excitement. Yeah, you know, the, and, and the, it's, the fighting qualities of Bairstow and Stokes. Correct. And, it, you know, what, what it does show is that, you know... And Leach. Yes, hanging in there what, again. What nuisance value he's got. He's got plenty of it. He's, done, it. he's done that previously. Then Jimmy Anderson, the most not-out player in the history of cricket, Burko. Yeah, look, you know, the other amazing thing about all that, guys, is the fact that you can play five days of cricket and it <laughs> and comes down draw. to the last, the last <laughs> ball. Yeah, but, yeah, the fact that it's all, but the excitement is still... 
the stools going around there. Like you know, everyone's sitting on the edge of their seat. They have to yeah. bowl the spinners because they can't bowl the quicks because of the, the light. And, um, and you know, they hang on. It's, it's, a, it's a drawer and it's been celebrated by anyone. But yeah, what a fantastic game of cricket. Yeah, and I guess the performance of Usman Khawaja as well, scoring uh, two centuries in each innings, phenomenal. Only the third man to do yeah. so at the SCG. That's right, and you know, he's been waiting on the wings. He was, you know, him and Heb were being spoken about as being you know, for that fifth batting spot right before the, the, the series started. And, you know, he just had to hang in there. He played no cricket, been the bubble there, but you know, just, just need to be ready. When your turn comes, you just need to be ready to take it, and he certainly did that with... Fantastic, those, those 200s were, were magnificent. Mm. Hey, Burko, we'll talk more about Tassie next week, but we're starting to get the wind-up from our producer. We need to get to Tony Clark before the end of the show. Uh, thank you so much, mate. Happy New Year to you and the family, and look forward to chatting again next Saturday. Yeah, good on you guys. Great to be back, and uh, good to see you back for 2022. We'll catch up then. Uh, the great Gary Birkinshaw. I know he's a Richmond supporter, and uh, maybe if he's still there, I just quickly want to say, Burko, did you see the goal last night? I know they went down by 16 points, but the AFLW, the goal by Mon Conti. She had 25 disposals, but one of the best goals you will ever see in the women's AFL. She's a star. She's an absolute star of that competition, you know, and, yeah, it's a fantastic goal, and you play for Richmond, who are just they're still struggling a bit. They weren't too bad last night against a strong Melbourne side, but you know she's a standout performer in, in, in that competition. And you know, I'm glad she's playing for Richmond, but you're right, that fantastic goal. Yeah, and I've seen a fair bit of the AFLW at the start of the year, and I think uh, it looks like a better standard than I've ever seen. So congratulations to all of the women. It'll just keep going from keep strength bigger and better. to strength. We're off to a break. We're back next with Tony Clark. Saturdays on the coast on SEN. DJ Howe's Meadowland. Mention SEN in store to receive 20% off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots. Only until Friday, Jan 28th. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're live from BJ Howes in Lizarow. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors, including Robson Civil Projects, yep. a third-generation company here on the coast, a legendary business. Uh, and uh, also Whitey's Right Price Tires. We love those guys. Mm-hmm. Mark Whitehead. Uh, I love the Milwaukee gear here as well. Yep. Milwaukee, top of the range. And, of course, the super special is the... Mac leather safety boots, Butes. I think old mate here needs to get himself a pair. He's got the Chinese work boots on at the moment, just the uh, the tar slappers. <laughs> but he might need to get himself a pair of the Mac boots. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And did you say earlier you could uh, walk on the sun on these things? Uh, the technology is unbelievable. It is phenomenal. 150 degrees resistant. Yeah. Right, so yeah, she can walk on the sun. You might get a little bit burnt outside of everything else, but the boots will be A-OK. Let's go to our final guest of the morning, and uh, we know he's got strong opinions on Novak Djokovic. Let's go to Tony Clark. Good morning, mate, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, boys. What a great sales from Michael Butner. That's outstanding. And I'll tell you what, boys, you've hit the ground running. Outstanding show this morning. It's great to have you back. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, have you got I'll, thoughts I'll be up on Monday? Tell, tell Bobby out the back there. I'll be up on Monday to get the flashback arrested. Ah, yes. <laughs> How good's that? Uh, for all your welding needs, just come to BJ oh, House Middle Hey, us plumbers with our oxygen set alone. That's what you need. Right, there you yeah. go. Yeah, I told you, Buttes. Uh, every day's a school day, as my dad used to say. Uh, TC, uh, the Danica Clark scholarships are open for 2022. Oh, we had one of the. One of the recipients, the great Riley Fitzsimmons, was on earlier. And what do people do if they want to apply? Yeah, just certainly go to Danica's website. And what a, what a proud morning it is for us all, you know, being part of the foundation. And, of course, with uh, Molly Picklin being part of the, you know, what a yes. wonderful interview that was. 
with Easton at um, you know she's part of the World Tour and Molly uh, is, is part of our foundation and uh, and of course Riley you know so uh, yeah we urge all Central Coast athletes to uh, to meet the criteria to get on Denise's website uh, it's a simple process uh, the applications close uh, January the twentieth as you alluded to Steve so uh, get them in there and we look forward to uh, to announcing uh, you know the class of twenty two um, around April. Hey, TC, you'd have to say 2021 was probably one of the finest moments for the foundation. You, you've always said it's not about medals, but the Tokyo Olympics were absolutely magnificent. Oh, they were, Steve. I mean, as a, as a, as a group, you know, to be able to, to watch, um, you know, our athletes, we've had, uh, we've had a little bit to do with it. We've helped along the way to, uh, you know, to perform at, at the, at the highest level and, and perform, um, you know, outstandingly well. So, and we've still got plenty to look forward to uh, with the Winter Olympics, of course, with uh, with Matty Graham. So, you know, he was yeah. part of the original intake. And, um, yeah, so we're really looking forward to uh, to watching Matty. Hopefully he gets over the collarbone injury and uh, and struts his stuff on the, on the mogul ski. Yeah, and uh, Ray Anderson had a win this week as well. So she's competing in the slalom. And it's amazing to watch Ray because she flies down the mountain but without poles, Buttes. Yeah, just phenomenal, phenomenal. And, you know, we... Those that have gone skiing know how hard it is, but to be doing all that stuff oof, blows my mind away. Clarky, talk to me about Djokovic. Come on, give me something. <laughs> give us something. What are your <laughs> thoughts, mate? Stop talking about it. Mate, he should never have been here. I mean, a multi-multi-millionaire. He's told lies. See you later. I mean, I think it, 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 the saga, as I said, I'm over it. Like the Blake's a tennis player. We've got more, we've got more important things to talk about. But, but honestly, Michael, it's... Um, he, he should never, with a, with a, you know, not a lot, you know, I'm just going by what I'm reading, but, you know, he, he certainly told some untruths and a black that travels the world every second week in his private jet and couldn't fill out a, a, a declaration form correctly, you know. Um, see you, mate. Maybe see you in three years. Yeah, but, he should never have made it here. Should yeah. never have got on the plane. Uh, it's interesting, too, what uh, Nadal has said. Uh, you know, you're either double-vaxxed or you don't play, and that's Nadal's stance. So, you know, that's one of the greatest players of all time. In fact... There was a photo I saw the other day, TC, where a bunch of young children were uh, spending some time with Rafael Nadal, but he was about 15 metres away in the photo. So, uh, you know, he's socially distanced. He's mindful of, you know, not passing anything on and staying healthy himself. Yeah, Steve, and, and we have. You know, I'm not going to get political or whatever, but, 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 you know, 94.8% of us have, have, have done the, the, the right thing by our fellow citizens and, and taken one for the team. You know, there, there's no excuse that um, uh, for him uh, to be allowed to play because I mean, it's, it, it just goes against everything that we've been doing. You know, and the people that have missed weddings, and funerals, and and haven't seen, you know, grandparents haven't seen their grandchildren. You know, it, 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 as I said, the list goes on. And and I, I've got to be honest, I'm over it. Um, I hope he's on the next jet out, and, um, and 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 we can get on with watching some tennis. Yeah, well, I don't think too many people will disagree with you there, Clarky, because of the simple fact that. You know, you can't have one rule for one and one rule for everybody else. And I think that's what is leaving the bitter taste in people's mouth is the fact that, you know, he's tried to swindle or, you know, manipulate any way, shape or form to get out here and play, which has been really disappointing. And I understand how big of a draw card he is. He's the world's number one tennis player. He's won the tournament seven times, got all those things. But you just can't pick and choose what rules you abide by. No, and I think that's where uh, I think the fellow that runs it, what's his name, Tilly, I, I think he's, yep. you know, his position's untenable now because he's uh, manipulated, you know, the, the situation to, to try and get him here. And, and as you said, mate, no one's above the game. And, uh, 
and, and let's just uh, let's just get on with it. Hey, TC, we've got about uh, two minutes left. Uh, what's the update on footy, and what are some of your predictions for 2022? Uh, just a quick update with uh, with the junior rep scene. Uh, all trials were called off this weekend, the New South Wales Rugby League, uh, which I can fully understand. We're very hopeful that uh, trials will go ahead next week because the competition kicks off on February the 5th. Um, there's been some uh, some great uh, initiatives or protocols put out by the NRL for, for all clubs to follow. Um, you know, a re- return to play process. Uh, it was very interesting listening to Riley talking about Georgia with uh, the, uh, I won't pretend to say the word, but, um, you know, that can be a symptom of, of the of the COVID. Mm. So uh, the NRL are very mindful of that, but... Um, that we don't just rush the players straight back in, even at our level, you know, an under-19 level. But, uh, no, all, all systems go. And uh, and getting uh, some intel from, from JT that, as you know, is uh, is very, uh, is very, you know, part of the Roosters staff. He said they're, they're looking magnificent. So uh, I think the Roosters, will be in, um, the Roosters will be in for a very, very, very good year. Beautiful, TC. Great to talk to you. We'll catch up soon, mate, for uh, some TV time about the Danica Clark Foundation. And uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend, mate. Thanks for coming on. Good on you, boy. Thanks for having me. Tony Clark, our final guest on our first show of 2022. Uh, Thanks to Adam Staples back at headquarters. He does a great job. In fact, I'm giving him a standing O. Uh, Thanks to Josh Kind. Uh, thanks to the team here at BJ Howes. Don't forget about their super special, the Mac Leather Safety Boots. 20% off your next pair if you mention SEN. SEN. And our show, uh, thanks to Shane and Bob, who've been here this morning from BJ Howes at Lizero. Uh, Buttes, done and dusted. First show of the year. We're back next week. It's good to be back and looking forward to getting out and about. Love this show. Saturdays on the coast on SEN. We'll catch you next Saturday from 9 till 11. <laughs>